The following podcast is a Bostic Media production. This episode is brought to you by Canapet. Okay, so you guys don't know this, but like two months ago, I was walking Pixie, kind of down Hollywood Boulevard. We had just had a green juice, and all of a sudden, she stopped walking. And we freaked out. Freaked out. Actually, Michael really freaked out. Well, because for those of you who don't know, Pixie is like the most important thing in the world to me and Lauren, or Lauren and I. She's our dog. She's 13 years old. And she's had arthritis for a while now, but recently she really started struggling and her back legs gave out. So we did everything. We did acupuncture. We tried, you know, water therapy. We tried medication. We tried everything, really. We took her to all the vets. They were trying to prescribe all these different medications. They were suggesting surgery. And we were freaked out because we don't want to put our 13-year-old dog through such a traumatic surgery. Um, You know, for older dogs, it's really hard on the recovery process and sometimes can be fatal. So a friend of mine recommended Canapet and we gave it a try and Pixie's been on it for the last three, four weeks and she's walking again. She's moving around. She's got her spirits back. She's got her mojo moving. So for those of you that don't know, Canapet is an organic CBD supplement made from industrial hemp that is not psychoactive. It's safe. It's legal and produced specifically for animals. Canapet helps with things like arthritis, anxiety, inflammation, pain, allergies, seizures, vomiting, cancer, and more. For healthy animals, it's like a healthy supplement for longevity, which is amazing. And the best part about it is Canna will not get your pet high, so you don't have to worry about the dog being stoned or the cat being high. It's made from industrial hemp, not marijuana, which means there are strictly controlled levels of THC that will not get your pet high. Products that are made from marijuana and sold in dispensaries like Pots for Pets, it's actually not legal or vet recommended. While Canapet is fully legal without prescription, it's vet recommended and covered by major pet insurers. So there's no negative side effects. There's nothing weird about it. It's safe to use alongside any other medications or supplements, and it's kind of amazing, and Pixie's responded to it really well. Yeah, it's available in gels, capsules, liquid, can of biscuits. So it's really easy to give your pet. We give Pixie the capsules. We open them, sprinkle a little bit in her food, and she's been responding amazingly. She's walking around, for those of you who see her on our snaps or our instas, she's running around again. And it's really important for us because, you know, our dogs, just like many of you guys, uh, the dogs are our best friends. And I honestly would choose these dogs over 99% of my friends and family included. Yeah, you're a little obsessed. What I like about it is it's non-GMO, it's vegan, it's free of animal products, preservatives, gelatin, wheat, sugar, dairy. It kind of just is ideal. It's what I want to feed my dogs. She's growling in the background right now. She has her spirits high. She's ready to go. She's back in action. She's got it. So if you have dogs, cats, horses, any kind of animals, it's safe for everyone um, guinea pigs lions whatever you got so give it a try if your pet's struggling or if it's down on its spirits or maybe if it's if it's have some arthritis or it's struggling to walk we've really seen some miraculous changes and the guys over at canapet are giving all of our listeners 50 percent off on their orders if they use checkout code pixie to try canapet just go to canapet.com and use code pixie that's canapet c-a-n-n-a-p-e-t.com promo code pixie p-i-x-y at checkout for 50 percent off and you guys gotta spell our name with a y just like mine yep and get your furry friends back in action 
She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. We are back. We are back, actually, from Vegas. We just landed from Vegas at 11 o'clock San Diego time, 11 o'clock at night, after a quick 24-hour turnaround in Vegas. Had to get over there, do a beauty convention. And as our guest today, the fat Jew would say, we are mangled. Yeah, we're kind of mangled. I mean, it's 11.36 p.m. I'm fucking tired of shit. Michael has thrown me around the airport he decided instead of getting an uber that he would get a taxi cab which was quite interesting my god guys we almost missed the flight i almost had a meltdown but i have good reason they just opened actually i don't know how recent it was but they opened a carbone in vegas in the aria hotel for those of you guys who don't know about carbone i'm sure if you're from new york you do it is italian food that is game changing i had to go there i was with weston and lauren and I had to show them the ropes. I had to let them know what was up. And now Lauren is a convert. Yeah, I love Carbone. I'm kind of obsessed. I love the prosciutto and melon. The melon is perfectly cut out. I'm really obsessed with it. Well, we're there. The waiter was probably looking at me like I was a psychopath because I was just screaming orders at him. I said, we need the, the melon, the prosciutto. We needed the Dover sole. We needed the veal. We needed the rigatoni pasta. I was trying to get everybody an assortment, but also I told this guy he needed to get it all to me within 45 minutes because I needed to jump out. So literally I was shoving veal down my throat and paying the bill at the same time and jumping out of the restaurant. It was pretty annoying if you can imagine. This is a place where you're supposed to enjoy like a long leisurely like meal. And I probably slammed three or four martinis in 45 minutes, a whole veal chop, a uh, whole bowl of pasta. It was it was a sight to be seen, but we made the flight. We did make the flight, and we were there way early, so we could have had more bread. So we don't want to keep you guys waiting too long. We have a great guest today that we, we recorded earlier this week. It was hilarious. He's pretty funny. Like, honestly, I think he is the funniest guest I've ever heard on a podcast. He just gets it. And I want to say that, like, what I like about him is that he's 100% authentically himself, and he doesn't give a fuck what anyone thinks about him. And I'm sure he would have liked Carbone tonight. He would have liked Carbone. I feel like he would have had 10 more martinis than you and maybe extra capers. But what I like about him is he just is really himself. Yes. And I bet he could slam a good veal chop real quick with me. I feel like he could. All right, guys. With that, we are going to hit the sack and crash because as the fat jew would say we are mangled but we hope you enjoy this interview enjoy this is the skinny confidential him and her the fat jew aka josh ostrowski is a social media god television personality actor author musician fashion designer venter the first male plus size model and entrepreneur is there anything you are not Oh, wait, I forgot about your cameo on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Most of you guys know him from Instagram, from his memes and social commentary. He boosts an impressive 10 million followers. And if you haven't been living under a rock, you've also probably seen his wine company, which produces White Girl Rosé, Babe Rosé, and Family Time is Hard, Pinot Grigio. Hi, Josh. What is up? You are, One thing I'm not, you said, like, what am I not? I'm not 
I'm not handy because I'm Jewish. Like I can't hang a fucking shelf. That's for sure. Okay. Nothing. That's, that's good to know. That's good to know. But your your brand on Instagram is insane. Between the fat Jew and your wine company, I mean, Michael and I are constantly laughing and like sending each other your memes. I mean. Regardless of the memes, which I always get a good laugh out of, I literally, I think I spent two hours last night going over all the commentary on the on the wine brand. I was just, I was dying laughing. I was looking at your billboards and all your slogans. It's hilarious. My Thanks particular favorite is the gin tastes like dirt. <laughs> it really does. Gin tastes hurt. Gin, gin, will, gin tastes horrible and it'll like break up your family. It's bad. Don't drink that. <laughs> Just drink rosé. It'll make you happy. I agree. So tell us, for anyone who doesn't know you, a little bit about how you got into the whole Instagram scene and how you're into the wine scene now. Um, I was like, uh, I used to be a rapper. I was in a group called Team Facelift. We were kind of ahead of our time. Like, um, we played a show once with DMX where I came out in a, seriously, where I came out in like a bulletproof vest and a thong with Timberlands on and people were like, no, I hate, absolutely not. This is horrendous. So we were like kind of, we were kind of a little bit ahead of our time. Um, we were into all kinds of crazy shit. Oh, my God. Hold on. Mom, enough. <laughs> How many times a day can this woman call me? Um, so um, I should have said that was a celeb. Wait, hold on. Can we do that again? <laughs> Topher Grace is calling me. Hold on. Hold on. Topher, I'll call you back. Um, so... Uh, yeah, so I did like the rap thing for a while. We were like a crazy, we were actually one of the only artists who was on MySpace records, the short lived MySpace records. Shout out to Tom from MySpace. Um, after that, I got into like TV stuff. I was on the E channel for a while. I interviewed like shitty celebrities. I would like, you know, I'd interview like the Real Housewives of Phoenix or just like whoever nobody wanted to talk to. Um, and I sort of, you know, developed a reputation as like a sort of a great American idiot. Um, you know, I did. You know, I was doing crazy shit, you know, way before kind of social media was even around. Like I was, you know, it was all that stuff before it was, you know, minute to minute shareable. So by the time Instagram came around, um, it was basically just a tool for me to like just be a moron. And like I was just trying to make people laugh. I, you know, I used to work with Vice a lot. Um, I used to like write for Vice and I did a couple of their shows and I was just known for, you know, having STDs and being ridiculous. And then. Instagram came and I was just kind of it just kind of happened like I was just kind of posting to make people that I know laugh and like you know kind of like Jewish girls who are like threes and fours with rough hands that I want to sleep with I was trying to make them laugh and like it was really just for my people and then it kind of just started growing and, and you know growing and growing I mean the coolest thing about Instagram is like how much it's kind of like given me kind of range on like the ages of people who are into me because when I was doing more stuff with Vice and the rap stuff and like you know the more ridiculous shit um, it's like hard to gauge. You know, it. it was mostly, yeah, it was it was mostly like people like in there. It was mostly like you know people from eighteen to like twenty nine who were like you know taking bong hits and like were you know college morons. But like Instagram, just because it's so widely used, I now have people you know who are like eight years old. I had like an eight year old Puerto Rican girl come up to me on the street not long ago and be like, "Yo, you're not even that fat, yo." And I was like, "Damn, that's fucked up." But like. And then like an 80 year old woman will come up to me and be like, you know, like sloshing around like white wine and be like, I love your stuff so much. So Instagram is really like kind of widened the range of people that I can connect with, which is really fucking killer. Was there any kind of strategy when you were doing this where you're like, I just want to do this for fun? Like, did you did you go into us thinking that you were going to have a platform like this and be able to launch different brands and business through it? Or are you just you're just having fun at the time? 
Uh, I mean, at the time, I was pretty much just having fun. Like, obviously, like, I knew that, like, with the numbers would come, like, kind of, you know, a kind of soapbox to have a platform with. And, like, obviously, you know, um, you know, an, an audience with which I could, you know, one day, you know, l- leverage into something. But, at the, you know, at the time, for most of it, like, I don't have, like, a social media team. I know, like, I know people, like, I know there are, like, influencers who hire, like, social media, like, branding companies, you know, like, who, like, use buzzwords and are, like, talking about, like, snackable content and, like, synergistic, cloud-iterated, like, social media trends. But I'm not really into any of that shit. Like, I basically just find funny stuff and I put it up and I say the things that I would I would normally say. I'm not, like, you know, I don't have, like, a team of, like, social media guys named like Jeff and Dave, like trying, like telling me like what the best posting times are on a Tuesday. Like if I've done, if I've like, you know, put some Coke in my butt and it's four o'clock in the morning and I see something funny, I'm going to put it up at four o'clock in the morning. Like I don't, this isn't, I I don't, I don't run it like it's a business as it, as it got bigger. And as the audience grew, you know, obviously there, there were some, there were some ways to, you know, to use that audience to talk about all kinds of shit that I want to talk about, but I've never like, I've never approached it like a business. It's really just funny shit for, you know, I mean, I, I obviously now there's pressure. Cause also like, you know, I always say like it, once you find out who's following you, you know, you start to feel some pressure. Cause I used to just like put shit up and be like, this is funny. Like I'll write some ridiculous stuff about it. But now that I know that like, you know, some of my heroes are following me. Like, um, who's like Rob- some of your biggest heroes following you? Now? Like Rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I, I'd, be, I'd be pretty pumped on that too. That guy's true. Yeah, like, yeah, like Brooke Shields. Like, one Brooke Shields was like, I love your stuff. I was like, now every time, like, I get a little stoned and I post something and I'm like, is Brooke going to think this is funny? What if Brooke unfollows me? You know, so it's like, you got to, like, not think about the fact that like all 10 million of those people are like real people. Um, and I don't know if Stanley Tucci follows me, but that would be a hero. Stanley, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but please fucking follow me. Oh yeah. He, tu- um, he tunes in every week. Right. All right. To the Tooch, the Tooch is a big, he's a big podcast guy. Um, so yeah, like, you know, now, but you know, I try not to think about like, you know, even though I'm obsessed with Brooke Shields and I would like pick corn out of her poop and I love her and I'm obsessed with her. Like I try not to like, get too caught up in like what people like and and really just do kind of what I want to do and what I think is funny. And I think that's really resonated with people. What's like the weirdest shit that happens to you on Instagram? Like do girls send you naked photos? Like I want to hear like the weirdness that goes on behind the scenes. Well, like what's the weirdest Uh, request? I get a, a, well, nudity wise, I get a lot of dicks, um, (laughs) which is really killer. Um, And I think, but mostly it's like, it's less sexual and it's more like, you know, people, people make offers to me to like do, to go and like have really weird experiences, you know, like just invite me to things that are really crazy. Like whether, it, and it's not about money, it's not about business. It's just like, I'm, and I try to say yes to as many of them as possible. I've been to, I've been to two proms as people's dates. I went to a, uh, like a Mexican quinceanera. Um, I had some like Saudi guys invite me to come on their boat, like in, um, uh, to come on their boat and uh, they had like a live ostrich on the boat like in the south of France. So like I get these like crazy fucking offers from people. They're just like, come to this thing. And I'm like, okay, I think that I will. Um, I've officiated uh, I've officiated six weddings. Um, two of them were like tasteful and gay. Um, <laughs> and I just like pretty much anything that people like ask me to do, I try to say yes, like just for the fucking experience. I mean, literally these Saudi Arabian dudes were like, come to the, come to fucking the South of France. We have a yacht. They flew me to the South of France. I went on the yacht. They were like, we need, they were like, you know, they're kind of party animals. Um, these guys are like fucking billionaires. 
They're like, we need to show you something. They take me down below the deck of the thing. I'm assuming they're going to show me like fucking grenades or like gold bullion or whatever like Saudi billionaires are into. And it turns out they have a room, a giant room with like a hundred inch flat screen TV and just a live ostrich. And he's just chilling. What was it? Um, it, was just, it was just sitting there? Was it, was it standing just, or was it sitting? Yes. I no, think that makes standing a difference. There. And like, and no, it was, it was standing and looking kind of, actually when I came in, it was kind of sitting, but then it like rose up. Cause you know, ostriches are fucking like, they're wild. Like you don't want to fuck with them. So they were like, do not go near him. Do not touch him. Like they had an ostrich they can't even play with. Cause it'll fuck you up and like poke your eye out. The best part about it was that the ostrich's name was Bradley Cooper. Cause they were like obsessed with Bradley Cooper, the actor, which is really weird also. Um, and I just remember like thinking to myself in that moment, I was like, how did I literally get here? And the answer is that they slid into my DMs, honestly. Is there anything like, I mean, these are all like just such absurd experiences. Is there anything that you've said no to, like something that's just too far over the line? Um, yeah, there were like these like finance dudes, <laughs> like some real fucking high octane, like hedge fund guys. They were like, dude, they were like, bro, come on. our. Um, we're taking a private jet to Vegas, like host our private flight. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Um, but I'm not getting stuck at 30,000 feet with like a bunch of hedge fund white guys on Coke. Like that's a nightmare. That is way too far with like no way to escape. Like I'd literally have to parachute out of the plane, um, in order to escape. But I got, I got a matching. I mean, I, I honestly, I barely said no to almost anything. I've got, I got matching, I got a matching tattoo with a, with like a, a 19 year old girl in Portland. Like just cause she asked me to, like we got matching tattoos. So like I'm pretty much down for like almost whatever. The, the flight with the hedge fund guys was like a little too far, but like there's very little fucking, there's very little no in my vocabulary. Okay, so tell me how, how your tattoo with Paris Hilton comes about though. I want to hear that story. Uh, Paris is like, Paris is like, she's like one of the greatest American treasures that we honestly have. Like I'm not even, <laughs> we went to high school, we went to high school together for a little while and then she got kicked out. But like, you got to remember that Paris like invented the modern day influencer. Like Kim Kardashian literally was her fucking intern and like organized her closet. Like this, this, she invented the, for better or for worse, the modern day like culture that we have of just like fucking rampant selfies, influencers, getting paid to party, getting paid, like all this shit. Paris literally invented that game. She was like the Magellan of the internet, literally. She was like the Magellan of modern day celebrity and modern day social media. So I've always been like obsessed with her. We knew each other in high school. We were at some like weird... Uh, we were at some parties together, but we never like hung. And then we now we like now we hang. And she is like so fucking smart. Um, like obviously she's you know she's much smarter. Like she'll never admit that she's so much smarter than she. You know her whole thing is like she's on some like yes killing it yes killing it. Like she literally says ten words. But when you really get to know her and she opens up, like she's super fucking smart. And like people don't really know like how much of a fucking queen she is. Like she has sold a billion dollars worth of fragrance in the Middle East. Like she is so fucking popular in like Jordan, Oman, Qatar. Like people see her in Asia and they literally weep and barf and pass out. Like she's not even that popular in the United States anymore. So I like started hanging out with her. Um, and she's just unbelievably fun to hang out with. She's like obsessed with virtual reality. She's like getting stoned and like showing me crazy VR. Like it's really fucking next. So I was like, look, I want you to give me, I want you to give me, I want you to autograph my body. Um, I just give me an autograph, like autograph my arm and I'll get a tattoo. And then she was like, told me she draws this like raver kitten character. So I had her draw it on me and I was down. I would let Paris Hilton design every one of my tattoos. I'm so down. Like she is a literal fucking, she's an actual queen. Speaking of 
crazy celebrity experiences. You've had a lot of really out of this world experiences. I was reading something, how you were doing some memes in Kanye West and then you hung out with him, but he seemed to be okay with it or like didn't notice. And you had, is it true you had Wendy Williams name your daughter? Like there's just yeah. so many crazy experiences. Yeah, my daughter, um, my kid is like about to be born and a bunch of months ago, um, when my girlfriend was like, I don't know, maybe three months pregnant, like right after we told people, I was like, I, yeah, I let her, I let her pick the name. Some of the names were wild. She also could have chose her own name. It was like, are you really going like, to, are you going to really name, are you going to really keep yes, the name? Yes. 100%. 100%. I'm like, I take this shit way too far. Like my, basically my entire life is basically performance art. Like a lot of these people are doing it for the camera. They're doing it for the snap. They're doing it for the fucking vine. Rest in peace. Um, but I'm like doing this shit, like I'm doing this shit for real, for real. Like if I, yeah, I let her name the baby and I'm definitely going to name the baby that like, I don't, I don't just do it. I don't just do it for the episode. Like I'm not gonna, I'm going to let Paris Hilton like draw shit all over me and I'll get it tattooed. Like it's not just for the snap. So, um, I also went out to lunch. Um, I went out to, did you read about, I went out to lunch with Kanye West. Well, that's what uh, I, I heard something about it, but I, but it's funny because I've seen you do some content on it before. Was he like pissed or did he care or? No, no, no. He wasn't like pissed. He was just insane. He basically was like, yo, like he's just screaming the entire time. And then um, he like he at the meeting, he like tried a wasabi pee for the first time in his whole life. He had never tried a wasabi <laughs> pee. And like in the middle of everyone else talking at lunch, he was like, yo. And I watched him. I watched him eat it and like kind of like recognize that he liked it. First of all, so weird that he never had a wasabi pee. But um, he started like screaming and was like, I love this shit. I love wasabi peas. Like I want to fill my house with wasabi peas. And then he had this like Russian guy who was at the lunch who never talked. He was a kind of a bodyguard. I don't know what his deal was, but right when Kanye started saying he wanted to fill his house with wasabi peas, the guy got up and left the lunch and didn't come back. And I'm assuming that he went to go fill Kanye's house with wasabi peas. So that guy's insane. Like he is like, he's another one. Like he's like, that is not when the camera's on. Like he's at lunch in the middle of a crowded restaurant, like literally screaming, being like, yo, I'm going to buy an alpaca. And people just like looking at him being like Kanye West is literally screaming in the middle of this restaurant. So he's like kind of awesome and kind of unbearable. Okay. I, I just finished the book, How to Murder Your Life. And I am in love with Kat Marnell. I, I like love the yeah. book. And she talks a lot about you in her book. All yeah. nice. Are you still friends with her? What's your relationship with her like now? I am, yeah. We are still friends. She, um, she's another one. She's a fucking, she's a great American. Salute to Kat Marnell. She, um, she's another one like me. You know, she, she wouldn't just write about it. She really does this shit. Like, she's like, she's so over the top and so ridiculously smart. Like, that's a, like, she's another. She's a Paris type, honestly. Like, as 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 dumb as she is and as much dumb shit as she does, like, she knows exactly what she's doing. And like, she's fucking brilliant. She's a great writer. Um, yeah, we like, we don't hang as much as we used to, but like, we've had some really, really like wild times. We actually live together. We live together in San Francisco in like this giant house, like this beautiful house that somebody rented, like 13 of us live there. And just like, it was absolute fucking insanity. She has seen me do like some of the craziest, craziest shit. Like she's, you know, she's watched me like smoke a joint. Oh wait, was it her? Oh no, it wasn't her pubes. I smoked <laughs> I smoked a joint of her friend's pubes. Jesus. Well, you know, there's like a, there's a common theme here, right? Where like Kat Marnell, like you said, she's very smart, Paris Hilton smart. Like you don't build brands and content and, and you as well. You don't, you don't build the type of businesses and the content that you guys have all built without having some intelligence. I want to make sure that people understand that 
you, you know, it's great to be yourself and put yourself out there, but you got to have some kind of wits about you or else you're just another dumb son of a bitch on the road. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, I think that, I think time will, I think time will separate a lot of people who actually kind of know what they're doing with all this with people who, who kind of have no vision whatsoever. Cause I think the influencer wave is kind of crashing. Like there's no, there's not like the, the, this entire economy of like a Filipino thought with a bubble butt, like holding up like a fit tea or like a, you know, like some kind of like weird nut snack, like for money, it can't go on forever. So, you know, there, and there are some people out there who want to like build real things and do real shit, which is why I started the Rosé because I wasn't just going to like hawk product for somebody else. Like I wanted to, I, you know, I wanted to do my own marketing and my own shit. And like, I'm not mad at anyone who's just like grabbing at checks because they have a lot of followers and like want to promote a product. But like, I wanted to build something bigger. And like those, those two, those two women in, in particular, they know exactly what the fuck they're doing. So, you know, I'm not mad at like some hoes or like some dude with dick lines and a six pack, like getting paid to like hold up some product, but that shit can't go on forever. But some, there are some people like using social media to build like actual real killer shit. So how do you start to build this Rosé company? Obviously you content marketed, uh, you know, I think you've, you've, you've had your Instagram account for like a couple of years. How does, how does this wine come about? I mean, like once I, you know, I had a lot of followers and again, I was like, oh, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to like, you know, hold up a Pepsi and like hot product for Pepsi. Fuck that. So I was just like, what do, like, what do, you know, like who am I connecting with? Like on my social media, like who do I love? Who loves me? And like, what do they want? And like, I fucking love Rosé. It's delicious. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, right around the time when I was thinking about doing this, there was a rosé shortage in the Hamptons. And it was like, it was in the post, like the New York Post was like fear mongering, being like, rosé shortage in the Hamptons. Like white women, <laughs> like white women are running through the streets, like hoarding bottles in the underground silos. Um, like people fearing for their lives. And you know, I didn't want my children to grow up in a world where there's not enough fucking rosé. God you know, forbid. Yeah, because God forbid, because, you know, not and not all heroes wear capes, you know, so I was like, let me, you know, not on my watch. So combination of the fact that it's fucking delicious and that rosé is like, it's not like wine. Rosé is different. It's like, you know, wine is like there's like notes and tech flavors and all this like nerdy shit. Rosé is like if it's cold and it tastes good, it's delicious, like you can pour it, you know, drink it or pour it in the fucking hot tub. It doesn't really matter. It's not like it's not so fucking highfalutin. So I just wanted to make something that the people would drink to turn the fuck up, um, have a good time. Also, everybody loves rosé. Like a 22-year-old girl named Allie loves, loves rosé and like a 67-year-old man loves rosé. So like everyone can fucking party on it. So I was like, let's just like, you know, I didn't know shit about wine. We literally like – Took a little money, bought some fucking wine, like tasted a million different wines, found the perfect one and like bought a bunch of wine and then just started selling it. Like, honestly, it was completely ridiculous. Like, I don't know shit about wine, but it doesn't matter because, you know, like it's just about it tastes good and it's just about having a good time. And like, don't be a dick about it and tell me about like the leathery finish and like the notes of like apricot and honeysuckle. Like it's fucking rosé. It's a good time. So how involved are you now in the day-to-day -day of that operation? Are you on the brand side? Are you on the logistics side? Like how, how heavily involved do you have to be with that business? I'm on pretty much all sides. I do like – it's like four of us. I do like – I pretty much do like all the marketing with these guys. Like every billboard you see, every Instagram post, like the packaging, like absolutely fucking everything. And then we – I mean you know, we're like we're the bad boys of wine because there were no bad boys of wine obviously. Um, it was the easiest title ever to get. So we, I pretty much am like a part of everything. And like, especially now, now that the thing is like, I mean, we're nationally fucking, it's a huge thing now. So 
you know, a lot of it is like planning events. We're literally, we have a part. Where are you guys located? We're in, we go back and forth between San Diego and Los Angeles. Oh, you're in LA right now or you're in one of those two? Yeah. Um, because we're having a, the fucking most mondo, like tomorrow we're having the most mondo party. Because like, what are wine parties? They're like wine and cheese and like fucking, you know, like turtleneck. I don't know, or d'oeuvres. So we're throwing, every year we throw like an absolutely psycho fucking blowout. Last year was at like this huge fucking mansion in the Hamptons. Um, and this year it's actually tomorrow. It's called the Pink Party and it's on a boat. It's like 700 maniacs. Um, Diplo is DJing. And like we have fucking rose slip and slide, rose hot tubs, like a puppy petting area for like anyone who's on Molly who like wants to pet a puppy. Um, people like we have live tattoo artists. So people get tattoos that just say like rose or our brand name or whatever the fuck they want or Rob Lowe's face if you're me. Um, and so like I plan a lot of that stuff. And so I'm involved in like a whole, I'm involved in almost every like aspect of it. Okay, so um, we're gonna get on a plane to the Hamptons right now. Is that where the party is? Because oh no, the party leaves from from the, it's in the city. We like we take off on the boat tomorrow. We're out for like three hours, and it's just like complete fucking mayhem. Like, so, is someone gonna die? Probably. Like, like I'm glad this is on record because like most likely somebody will because these things get really crazy and like you walk on the boat and somebody hands you a bottle with a long straw in it and you just now you're just drinking an entire bottle of wine immediately to start so like people are mangled definitely they're gonna people are gonna get utis it's gonna be it's they're gonna be a lot of questionable decisions i always get a uti after too much rosé in a wet bikini <laughs> i mean utis are miserable i mean i don't know because i don't get them but i have to hear about oh it yeah enough. they're miserable you know a lot about it okay also, so you're, you're... i also think a lot of people are probably gonna get yeasties because like the right you're in a bathing suit and then you like go home and you pass out drunk and then you're like hung over now you've been in a wet bathing suit for like 17 hours and like you might get a yeasty It'll be a medley. It'll be a medley. Um, so, so obviously you're killing it. You're crushing it. But we want to hear about some of your mistakes. Like, is there anything along the way that's been a hurdle? Um, uh, I don't. I don't not necessarily. I mean, you know, like uh, the internet. The internet is fucking confusing. I mean, everything that I do in real life. I mean. I do so much real life shit that I think some people like really only know me for the internet stuff, but I do so much real life shit. Like I throw like a huge music festival every year called IRL, which is sponsored by four loco. And like every, like I have huge fucking DJs. I have like Dylan Francis, RL Grime, like crazy DJs and everything is free. You come to like a fucking 5,000 person rave in an airport hangar and like everything's free from the booze to the fucking, to the tickets, you know, again, another UTI all free. And like, I try to do as much, you know, and I think that all the real life stuff I've done has probably been um, complete um, and utter hot fire lava. I think the internet sometimes can be confusing in that, like, you know, memes are weird and, you know, you never know who the fuck you're really dealing with. Um, you know, like there was this whole like fucking fracas about fucking memes, um, you know, a, like two years ago. And it was like, I, I kind of got caught in the middle of it. And it was like, you know, you just got a lot of different people, you know, it's like, you know, you're like, memes are like, everyone looking at my Instagram is different. There's a 16 year old Korean blogger looking at my Instagram who doesn't give a shit about memes or intellectual property or like who owns what. And then you've got like a 40 year old writer and he feels totally different than a 16 year old Korean blogger does. So a lot of conflicting viewpoints yeah. and, you know, yeah. I kind of got thrust into the middle of that. I wouldn't necessarily consider it a mistake, but it was, you know, kind of fucking, it was kind of unfortunate, although I did like get chased um, by TMZ, like in my Uber and they like ran after me through a supermarket and that was fire. I felt like Matt Damon for like 10 seconds. So maybe it was all worth it. 
I mean, there's a lot of people that wanted us to ask you about that. I, my stance on it is that like, I look at memes from a multitude of accounts and you see these memes pop up. Like if you post something or somebody else posts, like you see them pop, pop up on multiple accounts. So like, I always thought that it kind of got blown out of proportion, but you know, it's how do you know where any of this stuff originates on the internet? It's almost impossible in my opinion when it comes a lot, to a lot of, a lot of times it's impossible. And you know what? I think that the, the internet as much as like, look, I'm a child of the internet. Like I literally love the internet more than I love my actual biological family. Like fuck you mom and dad, like internet for life. And like, I was down for there to be a debate about this shit so that it could be figured out. But honestly, everybody like fucking freaked out about it and like called for my head over it. And then nobody does it. Like no one's crediting anything. Nobody is doing shit. So like we ha we all had this debate at my expense, um, and everybody's like screaming and yelling, and like all these all these nerds are like freaking out. And so I basically went on record and was like, "Yeah, I'll credit it because I always would have if I knew where to fucking if I knew where the shit came from." And I tried to set a standard, and then and nobody fucking does it. Look, go on the internet right now. Nobody's crediting memes. Nobody gave a shit. So like, you know, I don't know. At this point, it's like if you still care about that. You're probably kind of a nerd, but like I also feel you and like I tried to do my part. I credit the photos whenever I can. I'm the only person who's ever gone on record and said I will go ahead and do this. No one no one else ever did that. Well, in my opinion, like, you know, I laugh at memes a lot. I find a lot of my day being wasted on that stuff, which is sad. <laughs> but what I think is the funnier part are the comments that people say. Like I your comments are spot on. I think like you could have a good meme, but it's the the social commentary that you add to that meme which really makes totally. it. Like it that's what separates the greats from the from the regulars. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean I think I think a lot of it was about the fact that like most of these meme accounts, like they're like they hide behind some kind of like character or like some kind of persona, you know? Um, like the original memes was like, remember like E Bombs World back in the day? Oh, course i loved ebam's world there was some fucked up shit on there i love errol early internet shit look it's like i just look at the internet as like this big giant giant sharing community anyone who ever hits me up and is like credit my shit if i didn't know where it's from i credit your shit and not only do i credit their shit i'll talk to them in fact the girl who i went to the quinceanera with was like a 16 year old who was like yo my this was my friend's my friend's picture or something i gave credit to her friend and then went to when went to a quinceanera with her like i'm hanging i'm hanging out with these people so you know it's like all this, there's so much shit on the internet, and it's like it's impossible to know. But anyone who's ever asked me, I've never been a dick about it. I'm never like nah, because I want everybody to get their shine. But I don't know. Everybody just like needs to be so pissed off. Like yeah, they're always looking for reasons. Yeah, everybody just needs to be so furious on the internet. Like everyone's just saying such extreme shit to me. Like DMs, besides like Saudi Arabian guys offering to bring me on boats, and like DMs, like weird DMs from Amanda Bynes. Um, oh my god. I, Besides that, it's mostly just like people screaming at me one way or another. They're either like, you fucking Jew, I'll put you in an oven like a DiGiorno pizza. And I'm like, that seems like it's too much. Oh or they're, my God. Or, you know, or they're like, I love you. Like, I want to like, I want to like rip your dick off and wear it as a necklace because I'm in love with you. Like, jizz on me. And I'm like, that's too much also. Like, everyone's just so extreme. Like, no one can ever just DM me and be like, hey, man. I think your stuff's funny or like, hey, man, you're not so great. You know what I mean? It's like everyone's like got to be so, so extreme. So, look, white people are outraged about something on the Internet every day. I happen to be like three of those days and I was and I was and I was totally down with it. But like memes rule and like if you hit me up and ask me, like I will not only give you credit, but probably go to a quinceanera with you if that's what you invite me to. That's amazing. I love it. I want to hear really quick before we go about your mom's belly button ring. 
<laughs> okay, actually, it's kind of a two-part story. One, all right, so my parents basically lived in New York. My parents are both doctors. They moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I don't know if you know this, but, like, a lot of Jews move to New Mexico now. And, like, if you're, like, not old enough to move to Boca and, like, start eating dinner at 4.30 in the afternoon, a lot of them move to Boca. So they're only, like, in their early 60s. So a lot of these Jews who are moving out there from New York, they kind of, like, still got it. You know what I mean? Like, they're kind of horny. Like, they're retired, they're in their early 60s. So I had always kind of heard that about Santa Fe, and then my parents moved out there, and it is 1,000% true. My parents, all of a sudden, like, they were wearing, like, khakis. My dad was wearing, like, khakis and, like, sensible loafers. Now they're wearing, like, pre they're wearing like denim cowboy boots that have, like, rips in them that you buy with the rips in them, and, like, dreamcatcher earrings and, like, bolo ties, and they're definitely fucking swinging, and they're super horny, and my... um. A girlfriend of mine went out to went out to New Mexico with me and went to a spa with my mom. Like my parents are completely reinventing themselves. It's insane. So they're like Jews from the up, like from Manhattan, who like on again, like literally were very sensible and normal. And now they're just like letting fucking loose. They're like smoking doobies. So my girlfriend goes to a spa with my mom, and I guess it's like there's a nude option. So she doesn't get nude, my girlfriend, but she gets in a hot tub with my mom, who gets nude. I guess my mom goes there all the time. And so she comes back to the house. They, they get back from the spa and my girlfriend like literally looks like she saw a fucking ghost. And I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, I need to talk to you right now. So she pulls me like into a bedroom and I'm like, what is going on? Like what happened at the spa? She's like two things. One, your mom has a navel ring. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, she's no with like a chunky bedet like literally with a chunky emerald. I'm not fucking around. And like, so that blew my mind. And then this is like definitely TMI, but like, Actually, this is max TMI, but she also told me that my mom has a fully shaved vagina. Oh, my God. I'm like, honestly, like, here's the thing. I, I like, I, here's the thing. I feel kind of mixed on it because, like, on the one hand, like, you go, girl, like, find yourself. Like, you are 60 whatever, and you are fucking, like, you are feeling yourself. Go for it. On the other hand, I'm like, you're my mom, and you're in your 60s. Aren't you supposed to have, like, a huge, overgrown, disgusting bush? Like, what are you? A, are you a freshman at San Diego State? Like, you have a totally shaved vagina that's crazy and a belly ring like what are you a like literally like you're a hoe that's a lot <laughs> to take in for you you know what i was i was just thinking here as as you were telling her the story lauren just came out of nowhere with like hey what's up with your mom's navel and for those people listening they, they either think a we have a really really good research team <laughs> or b that we're just like psychics no it's funny because when we were trying to connect in the beginning of this podcast that's like the literally the first thing you said to us was my mom has a navel ring so, like, yeah, i mean you asked me if anything was off limits and like as i've now told you that my mom has a fully shaved bush nothing is off limits i wish i could chalk that up to our research team if we could just like hit you with a pow out of nowhere be like what's up with your mom's navel <laughs> All right, right so like, before you go, tell us what's next. Tell us your social handles. Not like anyone, everyone already knows, but just give us all the deets on that. And also send us some invitations to these exclusive parties that we have not been getting invited to. Yeah. yeah it's really too bad you're not coming to this one tomorrow because it's going to be like absolutely moronic. If, um, any of, if any of our team's listening, get us a red-eye flight immediately. Yeah, seriously, this man needs a UTI. Like, let's go. Like, there's going to be like, there's going to be real housewives there. There's like, there. honestly, the number of Z-list celebrities that are going to be at this party is literally shocking. Like, everywhere you look, you're going to be like, I thought that guy died. Like, every person you see there is going to be a celeb that you thought was dead, but isn't dead. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a really good time. Um, what do I have coming up? Um, nothing. We just have like a, you know, I don't know, get drunk on the rosé, like DM me. 
DM me and ask me to go to your proms or like to like, you know, officiate your weddings. I'm a hundred percent down. I'm doing a lot of plus size modeling. Um, so like you're going to, you're going to see some of that coming out, doing some under, just some underwear ads. Um, and, um, just, you know, generally just being a, one of the, one of our, a legendary American idiot. Um, my social security number is one zero one seven seven zero zero five zero. You can steal my identity. I really don't give a fuck. Um, and uh, I think that that is everything that's popping. And for all those hedge fund guys, you better take it easy. Yeah, seriously enough. These guys are like, these guys are on coke, like eating silverware, being like, yeah, like let's rip. Oh, God, it's insane. Thanks so, for being on the podcast. You're incredible. You're so fucking funny. We loved it. Love you. Mean it. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. That was a really fun, funny episode. I hope that you will rate, subscribe, tell your friends, leave us a review. If you have any constructive feedback, please leave it on our Instagram. We will be doing call-ins soon, so make sure you send all your questions to podcasts at theskinnyconfidential.com, and we will see you next week. This episode was brought to you by Canapet, the organic CBD supplement for pets. Canapet helps with arthritis, anxiety, inflammation, and is a healthy supplement that supports longevity. If you missed the beginning of the episode, Canapet is giving all podcast listeners 50% off their order by using promo code PIXIE at checkout. That's PIXIE, P-I-X-Y, at checkout. So go to canapet.com and give it a try. You'll honestly be amazed at the results you get for your pet. For PIXIE, it's been a complete game changer. She's made a full recovery. It's amazing. Again, that's Canapet, C-A-N-N-A dash p-e-t dot com promo code pixie